welcome to Young Smart Money show number two with me, your host, Apple Kreider. The show that guides you through the money and financial lessons that we certainly didn't learn in school so that we will be not only financially successful, but allow ourselves to thrive financially throughout our lives. So credit scores, we all have one or do we? Well, whether or not you know the answer to that question, today we will be going through a credit score crash course that will answer all of your credit score questions and more. But first, a quick message from our sponsor. This episode of Young Smart Money is sponsored by $100 and a Smartphone, a free online course that I created to walk college students step-by-step through investing their first $100 in order to create passive income. Have you ever thought, hey, I want more money, but I don't wanna have to work more hours to get it? Well, these 45 minutes of video lecture content within $100 and a smartphone will answer all of the most common questions I am asked about starting to invest, such as what is a stockbroker? And how do I find an investment that best balances my risk tolerance and desired rate of return? After completing this course, you will have the skills and confidence necessary to embark on a lifetime of investing to ensure that your money is working for you and you are not working for it. For more information, head over to applecreator.com forward slash course. Thank you very much to our sponsor for making this show possible. We really do appreciate you. So without further ado, credit scores. What we're going to be covering in this episode today are what are credit scores, what are credit scores actually used for, why are they important, why are they important for college students as well, and how you can improve yours quickly and just as a college student in general, how you can start improving your credit score. So let's start with what even are they? What is a credit score? Well, essentially what a credit score is going to do is it's going to quantify your borrowing history. So it's going to put a number to your history with banks and anyone else you have borrowed money from so that other potential lenders can sort of get a feel for how they can expect you to um, respond when they lend you money. So let's just back it up a little bit and talk about how banks actually make money. So banks make money by giving you money and then you pay them interest in return. So really, banks want to know what are the chances that they're getting that money back? Because if they don't get their money back, then their business model is not effective and they're not actually making any money. So they want to know what are the chances that if they give you 100 bucks, you're going to be paying them back in full and on time. So that's what a credit score is going to give them a quick glimpse at. So essentially, a credit score is a simple glimpse at your credit history. And just for a quick bit of logic, if you're into that sort of thing, um, an ACT is to colleges as a FICO score is to banks, all right? So essentially, it's going to be that first thing that they look at. It could either disqualify you right away or put you in another pile of applications for, in this case, credit to be further considered to see if they actually want to go about lending you money and Yeah, just extending a line of credit to you. So a credit score is going to range anywhere from 300 to 850. Now, there's a lot of criteria that goes into your credit score and deciding what number is assigned to you. 
and I'm going to be tossing a lot of really important information your way right now on how your credit score is determined. So if you do want to pause, grab a pen, or just ready yourself to fully absorb this information that is going to be coming your way. If you don't want to write all this down, there's going to be a chart with all this laid out very nicely in the show notes over at applecrater.com forward slash 002. But anyways, here I go. So the five criteria that are going to make up your credit score are your payment history, your credit utilization, your number of accounts, the length of your credit history, and the number of credit inquiries on your report. So if you were just like, whoa, what does all of that even mean? That is perfect because right now we're going to talk about the impact of each, what each one even means, and how you can score highly in each of these different categories. So let's start with payment history. Now this one is going to be the easiest to score well on, but also the easiest to royally screw up. So your payment history is going to make up 35% of your credit score. So this is the most significant factor when it comes to determining your credit score. So it's going to be very, very important to make sure that your payment history is in order. Now for your payment history to have a positive impact on your credit score, it's going to have to be at least 98%. That's right, at least 98% of on-time payments in order to ensure that your payment history is positively impacting your credit score. Now, to have the best impact, you're going to need to have 100% payment history. So you have never missed a payment, in this case, in the last 10 years, because your payment history does track the last 10 years of your payments. So let's just think about that a little bit. So say you have one credit card and you miss one payment. How long is it going to take you to recover from that? Well, it's going to take you over four years just to get rid of the massive negative impact that that one missed payment um, brought you on your credit score. So you really do have to pay your bill on time. This is very, very crucial. If you don't, it's going to hurt your credit score in a major, major way. And it's going to take you a very long time to rebuild that. So it's very, very crucial. I can't stress this enough how important it is that you pay off your bill every single month. And for the best results, I would say pay it off in full so that you're not carrying any interest. That is the way to have the greatest financial impact because if you do not carry a balance, you do not pay the credit card company anything in interest, which in my opinion is the way to go. And just to use this credit card as you would a debit card and not pay any interest. That is really just unnecessary in my personal opinion. I plan to never carry a balance on my credit card because I see one of the main points of building credit is to reduce the total amount of money that I pay in interest throughout my life. Now, the average adult in the United States is going to pay about $270,000 in interest throughout the course of their life. So one of my main goals with credit in building credit at a young age is to reduce this number as much as possible because obviously if there is an expense that is $270,000 and you can mitigate that, in my opinion, it is wisest to mitigate that as much as possible. Now, within your payment history is also your derogatory marks. Now, what a derogatory mark is, it's essentially any time your debt goes into either collections or you file for bankruptcy, this is going to show as a derogatory mark 
on your credit report. So this is going to be very bad, obviously, um, when your debt goes into collections or you have to file for bankruptcy. That's obviously not a good thing. Now, for this category to have a positive impact on your credit report and your credit score, you have to have zero derogatory marks on your record, and these will stick around for about seven years, guys, all right? So you really have to ensure that you're not getting any derogatory marks on your report because even if you just have one, it's going to stunt your credit report for about seven years. Now, for the best impact, again, obviously, it's going to be zero because that's the only way to have it positively impact your report is if you have no derogatory marks on your credit report, which as a college student, you really, really shouldn't because you have only had the opportunity to build credit for such a short amount of time. But if you have had a derogatory mark, you do have those seven years to build your credit and get rid of that mark. Now, the next category is your credit utilization. Now, what does credit utilization mean? Well, essentially, your credit utilization is how much of your available credit you are utilizing. Makes sense, right? So say you have three credit cards. Each of them has a $5,000 limit. If you spend $5,000 in total across those cards every single month, your credit utilization is going to be 33% or one-third because obviously you're utilizing one-third of your available credit. Makes sense, right? So your credit utilization makes up 30% of your credit score, all right? So this is the second most significant factor to your payment history. And in order to have a positive impact on your credit score from your credit utilization, you're going to need to keep it below 30%, all right? So if you keep your credit utilization below 30%, it's going to have a positive impact on your score. Now, to have the best impact on your credit score, you're going to want to keep it below 10%. Now, say you only have a credit card with like a $1,000 limit and you know you're going to spend more than 30 or more than 10% of that every single month. I'm going to be providing some strategies so that even if you do spend more than 30% or 10% of your available credit, you're still able to keep that utilization below 10%. So stick around for that. The next category is the average age of your credit. Now, this one is going to be the hardest for college students to sort of get right because uh, the thresholds for it to have a positive impact are pretty, pretty steep. So the average age of your credit is going to have a 15% impact on your total credit score. It's going to make up 15% of that score. And in order to have a positive impact from the average age of your credits, the average age is going to have to be at least seven years. So obviously, for a college student who has not had the opportunity to build credit for such a long time, this is not going to be realistic, and you're not going to be able to have that seven-year average age of accounts. Now, to have the best impact, you're going to need nine or more years on your average age of accounts. So that might seem a little bit disheartening, like you're never going to get there, but I'm going to give you guys a strategy to boost this number quite significantly um, when we get to how to actually improve your credit score. So stick around for that. It's going to be very, very valuable. And it's a strategy that I have actually just started implementing. And I expect to see some very significant results from implementing this strategy in my own life. Now, the next category is the number of accounts you have, your total number of accounts. And this is the one that 
honestly surprises people the most. So when I'm talking in person, when I'm giving uh, workshops or in-person speaking engagements on credit, this one is where people's jaws hit the floor, all right? So this is gonna make up 10% of your credit score. And in order to have a positive impact from the total number of accounts you have, get ready for this, you need 11 accounts just to have a positive impact on your credit score. So this is quite significant. I mean, if you think about that, having 11 accounts, so say a mortgage, a car loan, maybe a business loan, a student loan, and then even then you need seven credit cards just to hit that positive impact. But then to have the best impact on your credit score, you actually need over 21 accounts. So this is just very surprising to a lot of people but don't get intimidated by this category just yet because it only does make up 10% of your total credit score. And as you build more accounts over time, you will reach this number eventually. So definitely don't go out tomorrow and apply for 21 credit cards just because you listen to this podcast. Now, the last aspect of your credit score is the number of credit inquiries on your credit report. Now, what even is a credit inquiry to begin with? Because most people don't actually know what a credit inquiry is. So essentially, when you apply for a new line of credit, usually from a bank, if you go to a bank and apply for a credit card, what they're going to do is run a credit inquiry. This just allows them to take a look at your credit report, see what's up, check your credit score out, and just make sure that you are somebody that they would actually want to lend money to. Now, this happens when you apply for a credit card, a mortgage, a car loan, a business loan, not usually a student loan, but any other type of credit that you're applying for, they are going to run a credit inquiry on your report, and this is going to show up on your report for two years. This uh, credit inquiry is going to be on there for two years, and it's going to slightly ding your report, and the reasoning behind this is because banks don't want you to be applying for, say, 10 different um, lines of credit in a day because that shows that you're pretty risky, you're really in need of some money, and they don't want to have to um, deal with that risky situation. So what they do is they run a credit inquiry, and that'll just show up on your credit report to let other banks know, hey, this person just applied for a line of credit with me, so keep that in mind when they're applying for a line of credit from you. Now, this is also going to make up 10% of your credit score. And in order to have a positive impact on your credit score, you're going to need less than three credit inquiries on your report. So remember, these last for about two years. So keeping that below three should not be too big of a deal. And the best case scenario is to have zero. That is going to have the greatest impact on your credit score. And obviously this can't always be a zero because then you're never applying for any new lines of credit. You're never building your number of lines of credit um, or anything like that. So obviously this number is not always going to be zero. But what I would say is if you're planning on making a big life purchase, say you're planning on buying a house and applying for a mortgage, I would say about a year before you apply for that mortgage, um, stop applying for new lines of credit just so that you're not building up new credit inquiries. And another thing about credit inquiries is about six months after you apply and get a credit inquiry on your report, about six months after the uh, effects of that credit inquiry are going to diminish very greatly. So after about six months, it's got a very negligible impact. 
So as long as you space tell your applications by at least six months, you should be all right there. Now, additionally, with credit inquiries, I should mention that if you check your credit score or your credit report with a site like freecreditreport.com or Credit Karma or Mint or any of these guys or, or with your bank, it's not going to run a credit inquiry. All right. So you should always be checking your credit score and your credit report because you want to make sure everything on there is up to date, looking good, and you're moving in the right direction. But you need to be aware that this is not going to impact your credit score in any way, shape, or form. The same goes for like an employer. So if you're applying for a job and they have to check your credit report, that's not going to affect your score either. You, the credit inquiry only gets run when you're applying for a new line of credit. So just keep that in mind whenever you're applying for a new line of credit that they are going to run a credit inquiry on you and that will ding your score for a short amount of time. So essentially, now that we've got all the categories out of the way, what is a credit score? It's just a quick and dirty way for lenders to establish, are you a responsible borrower? And do I want to extend some credit to you? Now, what are they used for? Essentially, like we said, credit scores are used to assess your credit worthiness so that a bank can see, all right, is this somebody that I want to give money to? Or is this somebody that I think is going to um, ditch town next week? and I'm not going to be seeing any of this money from them. So it's a way for banks to say, will you pay them? Will you pay them on time? Will you pay them in full? And are they going to have to come after you with um, a brute squad in order to recover this money that they lent you? And they basically get there by looking at the five factors that we just discussed. Because banks want their money back. Like we said, that's their business model. They make money lending money out and then collecting interest on that money as it is paid back to them. So they want their money back. They want to know that you're going to pay them. But they also do want to give you money because, again, that is how they generate income. That is the bank's business model. Now, credit scores are also used for banks so that they can decide how much interest they're going to be charging you. They use a credit score among other things to determine the interest rate that you're going to be charged when you borrow money for say a mortgage or a car loan or something along those lines. So essentially it is the cost of money to you from the bank because a mortgage or a car loan or a business loan is not going to be free. The bank needs some incentive for them. They need to be collecting money. They need to pay the bills, keep the lights on, all of that good stuff. So they are going to have to charge you for the privilege of borrowing that money. So with a credit score, banks are going to be able to see if you are a high risk borrower. And if that is the case, then they're going to have to charge you a risk premium in the form of a higher interest rate in order to cover the risk that you default. So if there is a higher risk that you default, the bank is going to want to charge you more money so that if you do end up defaulting, they have more money and they are not losing out on as much as if they would have charged you a lower interest rate. So that is essentially why banks charge higher interest rates to people with lower credit scores. So why are credit scores even important in the first place? Well, what it really comes down to is interest. So interest is going to add up, guys. That is a very, very true statement. Um, like we said before, the average American pays over 270 thousand dollars in interest throughout the course of their lives i mean that could buy 
um, a decent house in a lot of places throughout the United States. So reducing that number is definitely, definitely a good thing. You don't want to be paying this money if you don't have to. So that is why you want to build your credit and your credit score at a young age so that when you do want to make these big life purchases, you are able to do so at a much cheaper cost than somebody who has not built their credit up over a long period of time. So now that we know why credit scores are important and what they're used for, what they're made up of, now let's talk about how you can actually improve your credit score because that is what a lot of people are looking to do. They want to have that good credit score so that they can apply for new loans, new credit cards, get that nice mortgage. So I'm going to give you guys one tip for each category of your credit score that you can apply and sort of get your credit score moving in the right direction if it has sort of stalled out or is not quite moving in the right direction. So let's start off with payment history since this is going to be the most significant uh, factor in determining your credit score. So the thing that I do and the thing that I think is a great, great idea is to set reminders on Google Calendar or whoever your online calendar provider is. I personally use Google Calendar, but set that reminder so that whenever your credit card statement posts, you are reminded of it and you can go and pay it off so that you don't accidentally forget and you miss a payment. So this is a lot more significant when you have multiple credit cards. When you only have one, it's probably a lot easier to keep track of when that payment is going to be due since it's the same every single month. But if you have multiple credit cards, keeping all of those straight and not forgetting about one can be more of an issue. So it's really important to set reminders so that you never, never miss a payment because like we said, it can take over four years just to start recovering from the impact of missing a single payment, all right? So set those reminders on Google Calendar so that you never miss a payment. Now, as far as derogatory marks go, my, my only recommendation here is just don't buy things that you cannot afford. I mean, duh, but people get caught up in their credit limit when the number that they actually should be concerned with or looking at is the balance in their checking or savings account. Because if you have a credit limit of $10,000, but in your bank account you only have $1,000, then you can't afford something that is $10,000 just because your credit card says you can. And what it really comes down to is if you don't have the money, you don't have the money, all right? So keep that in mind and don't buy things that you cannot afford or that you would not have bought ordinarily with, say, a debit card or cash because that is going to cause you to not be able to pay for that and bad things to happen from there. Now, as far as credit utilization goes, my tip here is going to be a little more satisfying and have a little bit more of immediate gratification than what I said about payment history and derogatory marks. Those are just more big picture things. I mean, setting reminders on Google Calendar is sort of something you can actually do right now. But with credit utilization, I've got a really, really great tip for you guys that I have implemented and it has really boosted my credit score. So let me just tell you what I do. So do you remember that Google Calendar reminder that we set for payment history? Well, the day before that reminder, what I do is I go onto my bank's app on my phone and I pay down my credit card balance down to 1% utilization. 
So regardless of how much money I spent on my credit card that month, I pay it down to a 1% utilization. So if I have a $5,000 limit, pay it down to $50. And that way, the next day when the statement comes out, um, it's gonna show $50 or a 1% utilization. Now, this is what the credit bureaus are gonna look at, and they're going to see that I'm only have a 1% utilization. Therefore, that is going to be reflected in my credit score, and they are very, very content with that. Now, the next day, after the statement is up, you go in and you pay off the remaining about that $50, you just pay that off in order to ensure that you don't carry a balance and that you don't pay any interest. Now, this is a great tip that I have implemented and it has had a great, great impact on my credit score. So I would highly, highly suggest that if you're looking to boost um, your credit score, you take a look at paying down your credit card balance early to like a 1% utilization and then just paying it all off the next day. Now, as far as age of accounts go, this tip could be a huge, huge impact in a very short amount of time, which is kind of ironic because you would think that it would take a long time to build your average age of accounts, but this method is not going to be realistic for everyone. So I am currently in the process of implementing this method and what it is, it is it's getting added as an authorized user to an older credit card. Now, there is a lot of nuance here, so for time's sake, I'm gonna keep it pretty simplified. But an authorized user credit card is when you have someone else, say a parent, and they have a credit card that is, we'll say, 15 years old. What they can do is they can add you onto that card as an authorized user, and now this card is actually going to show up on your credit report as well as theirs. Now the impact of this is very, very significant because not only does this benefit your average age of accounts, this actually also benefits the number of accounts on your credit report because obviously you're adding another card. It's going to benefit your payment history as well if this person has been responsible with their payments in the past. So it's very important that you make sure that they have been paying their bills on time because you want that positive impact for you as well. It's gonna impact your credit utilization because you now have more available credit and now the amount that you spend will stay consistent so that credit utilization will drop and there is no credit inquiry being run when you get this authorized user card. So that is going to help there as well since you're getting a new card with no credit inquiry. So getting this 15-year-old card, say you're 20 years old, you get a 15-year-old card, that's going to significantly um, improve your credit score and improve all of these factors. So this is a great, great way to go if you have somebody that is responsible and that thinks you're responsible enough to get an authorized user of th their card. So now what you're going to have is you're going to have sort of a copy of this card issued to you. But if it makes the account holder feel better, if they don't fully trust you, if they don't actually want to give you the card, they don't have to. They don't even have to give the card to you. They can just put the card in a shoebox, put it in their closet, and not even give it to you. But you're still going to have all this information on your report, and it's going to significantly improve your credit score. Now, a pro tip here is, like I mentioned before, just make sure the payment history on this card is going to be aiding you because you don't want their missed payments to wreck your credit score. Because like we saw, if you miss just one payment, it can take you over four years to recover from that. You want to make sure that this person 
has a very solid payment history so that this can aid you and not hurt you, all right? So as far as the number of accounts go, how to benefit that, my, my tip here is not gonna be very satisfying, unfortunately. Other than if you want a good credit score, you're gonna need more than one credit card. That's what it really comes down to because to have that beneficial impact, you're gonna need at least 11 accounts and credit cards are honestly the cheapest account because if you don't carry a balance, you don't pay any interest and they're completely free unless they have say an annual fee or something along those lines. So what I would say here is about every six months, start looking for another card. Not in order to increase your spending, that should stay consistent throughout, but in order to just build up the number of accounts you have and build a solid base of credit for you to expand off of as time goes on. Now, this really is going to be a long process that takes time. There's not really a way around that unless you wanna try applying for 21 credit cards tomorrow and see how many banks will approve you before all of your accounts get flagged for suspicious activity. But it's really a trade-off here between the number of accounts and the average age of accounts because obviously if you're applying for a new line of credit every six months, then that's going to drag down your average age of accounts since you're always getting new lines of credit. But um, if you wanna build up your number of accounts in the long term, then it might be worthwhile for you to just start slowly applying for new uh, lines of credit. I'd say about every six months. Any uh, shorter amount of time than that would be quite aggressive in my opinion, but you could space them out to up to a year if that is what you felt uh, more comfortable with. Now, as far as credit inquiries go, this is a great tip that I received from one of my subscribers on my YouTube channel. Actually, that's where I got this tip. And what it is, is it is you can get pre-qualified for a credit card before you actually go about applying for it. So now what does this actually mean? Well, any bank or credit union, credit issuer, is going to have a page on their website uh, where you can enter your information, like your name, um, I think the last four digits of your social security number are going to be required, your address, just so that they can verify your identity, know who you are, and what they're gonna do with this information is run a soft inquiry on your credit report. So with a soft inquiry, there's going to be no impact on your credit score. Um, so that is nothing to worry about there. And what they're gonna do with this information, they're going to spit out what cards they think you have a good shot at getting approved for from them. So this can be very, very beneficial to ensure that you're applying for cards that are within your range, that are um, realistic for you, and that you're not wasting any hard inquiries on cards that you just don't have any chance of getting approved for. Because racking up unnecessary credit inquiries is really going to ding your uh, credit score in the short term. Now you can also implement this in branch. You can go in and talk to a banker if your bank does have in branch locations and you can ask them if there are any cards that you are pre-qualified for and they'll be able to answer that question for you and just get you a list of cards that you may be pre-qualified for. And another pro tip here is when you go in and do this in branch to ensure that you're actually pre-qualified for a card because some bankers um, will just like to tell you that you're pre-qualified for a card because they wanna get maybe a commission or something by having you apply for a card. What you actually want them to do is you wanna have them print out 
the information sheet for that card. And on that information sheet, there's going to be an interest rate or an APR that you're going to be paying on this card. Now, if the APR is a fixed number, so say 25.24%, if that is what it says for APR, then you know that you're actually pre-qualified for this card. However, if the APR is listed as a range, so say it says 17.24 to 25.24%, then you're not actually pre-qualified and the banker either doesn't know what they're talking about or is just lying to you. So you want to make sure that you're actually pre-qualified for a card if you're considering applying for it. And by implementing those six strategies into your life, I believe that you will start to see significant improvements to your credit score within a 30-day period, especially if you start implementing that credit utilization tip. That one can see the greatest results in the shortest amount of time. So just to recap, your credit score is made up of five factors, those being your payment history, your credit utilization, your average age of accounts, the number of accounts you have, and the number of credit inquiries on your report. And your credit score is going to determine what interest rate the banks are going to charge you in order to borrow money. Now, by implementing the tips in this episode, you're going to be able to boost your credit score and ensure that you are getting the best possible interest rates along the way because honestly, who wants to pay $270,000 that they don't need to? And for our money pun of the day, why is money called dough? Because we all need it. Next week, we're going to be looking at starting a business in college, but if you can't wait until then for your next burst of financial literacy content and money skills, you are in luck. I have got a load of free resources for you. So the first one is going to be applecrider.com, my website where I house a ton of resources, including the show notes for this episode, which can be found at applecrider.com slash 002. Additionally, I have a new course called $100 and a smartphone. This course is completely free to you and can be found at applecrider.com slash course. Additionally, I have about 150 daily uploads that can be found on my YouTube channel, answering a whole host of personal finance and financial literacy related questions for college students and providing some great, great information that you will definitely not be taught in school. So definitely check that out if you're interested in hearing more from me. Anyways, guys, thank you for checking out Young Smart Money with me, your host, Apple Crater. And before I go, I'd like to challenge you to keep a closer eye on your credit score. And the best way that I have found to do this is through Credit Karma, who I am not sponsored by or affiliated with, just impressed at the free resources that they provide that really do allow you to get an in-depth look at your credit score, which is actually updated weekly in their system. So now that you know why credit scores are important and how to improve yours, why not keep an eye on that progress so that you can feel rewarded as you watch that number climb higher and higher and then be sure to let me know which strategies have had the greatest impact for you in building your credit score so before we go do not forget to subscribe and leave us a review on itunes it really does help young podcasts to get those reviews early on i would really appreciate it and i will be highlighting reviews and feedback in the next episode for Young Smart Money, my name is Apple Kreider. I will see you next week.